Welcome to Flavor of the Week, brought to you in part by Bandito's Mexican Restaurant, fresh made daily. Bishop Kevin C. Rhodes joins us for a special mashup between the Kyle Hyman Show and his show, Truth in Charity with Bishop Rhodes, which is celebrating its 100th episode. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman here celebrating our 100th episode of Truth and Charity. And to do that, we're experimenting and indulging with different flavors of breakfast foods. We've done waffles and pancakes, and now we're doing a pancake with fresh blueberry topping. And the first one that we had, the waffle, was like a, a blueberry... Uh, sauce. S- spread sauce. sauce yeah, 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 spread. So this is actual... Uh, oh, real blueberries. Straight up blueberries. Oh, and blueberries in the pancake as well. Oh, wow. All That's right. great. Well, one of the things that we... Looking back at the, the previous 99 episodes of Truth and Charity and kind of asking around people's favorites, we've got a lot of feedback that people enjoy it when you walk through Scripture and kind of give us a little breakdown of whether it be a upcoming gospel or something particular to the liturgical season. And also, it seems like it's a gift that you have of, of teaching and sharing and breaking down Scripture. The April 24th, 2019 episode was during the Easter octave, and you talked about the Easter Sunday gospel, which was from John chapter 20, verses 1 through 9. And it was was great to hear about your love of John's gospel, John the Apostle, and talking a little bit about Lexio Divina. I love John's gospel. There's so much meaning and theology um, in John's gospel. And, and every year on Easter Sunday, we hear John's account of Mary Magdalene coming to the tomb on the first day of the week. So yeah, I'd be happy to uh, reflect with, with you and our listeners on this gospel. You know, Lexio Divina, prayerful meditation on the scriptures is a great way to enter into the depths of the biblical message and story. So I try to Maybe think of this a little bit as a Alexio Divina. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes there's little details that we don't even notice. We've heard this gospel so many times, but but then there's a detail that might strike us when we're praying. So yeah. I'll try to do that with you now. Great. That gospel passage begins by saying, "On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning." while it was still dark. Hmm. So we can imagine this. Mary Magdalene, as we know, was there at the crucifixion. She was one of Jesus' disciples from Galilee. She came from a town called Magdala, which is a town that was really a fishing village on the west shore of the Sea of Galilee. So she was one of our Lord's faithful disciples. And St. John tells us that she came to the tomb while it was still dark. And you can think about that. She herself was in spiritual darkness. Yes, it was dark outside, but why would, why would St. John mention that? I think it is to show her, her sadness, her grief, really her lack of hope. Mm-hmm. She was in darkness, like, like we can be in spiritual darkness sometimes, where because of some suffering or loss of a loved one, that we're kind of feel like we're in darkness. So Mary Magdalene was in darkness and, and she went to the tomb. We can think, well, why did she go? She went to mourn. Hmm. I mean, she loved Jesus. I don't think she was expecting 
him to rise from the dead. There's right. no indication that she went to the tomb with the idea that Jesus had risen. Yeah. So she was really going there to mourn. Hmm. Kind of like we do when we go to visit the graves of our loved ones in cemeteries. Sure. St. John tells us that Mary Magdalene saw the stone removed from the tomb. She didn't go in. Of course, if she did, it would have been dark. She wouldn't have been able to see anything. But he says that she saw the stone removed from the tomb. So what did she do? It says she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. We know that's St. John himself. Mm -hmm. And she told them, and this is the quote, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So she was caught off guard. She ran to Peter and John to tell them this, that they've taken the Lord from the tomb. And notice she said, we don't know where they put him, which makes me think that there were other women with her. Because when you read the accounts of the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it mentions other women sure. who went with her to the tomb. So even though John doesn't mention these other women, the fact that she said, we don't know where they put him, seems to suggest that there were other women mm -hmm. with her. What does she think? She thinks the corpse was stolen. She said, they've taken the Lord from the tomb. And when we read Matthew's gospel, you know, Matthew reports the rumor of a grave robbery that was circulated to explain why the tomb was empty. Right. So that's what Mary Magdalene's thinking. Someone stole the body. Then you continue reading the gospel and it says, so Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. So Bragging John was the, was the more athletic of right, the two. Right. <laughs> That's why I chose him as my confirmation. Yeah, because <laughs> he's uh, faster than Peter. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting to think you have Peter, who's the leader of the apostles. And then you have John, who I always think is Jesus's best friend and our Lord's great love for John. And so they're both, you can just imagine this, they're both running to the tomb to investigate what mm -hmm. happened. They were wondering, you know, was the body stolen? You know, they were not expecting the resurrection. So John arrived first. Well, he was younger, <laughs> so he was probably in better physical shape. But I think there's something more significant. It, it says the other, uh, when it mentions St. John, it, it speaks of him always as the beloved disciple. So we can think of how love speeds him on his way to Jesus. Hmm. He arrives before Peter the rock, you know, love, John the beloved. In any event, when they got there, it says that John bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. By this time, I guess the sun had started to rise because he was able to see the burial cloths. But he didn't go in. He waited for Peter to arrive. Right. So he's kind of deferring to Peter, the leader. Mm -hmm. It says when Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb, Peter, and saw the burial cloths there. John had seen them. Now Peter sees the burial cloths. And it said that Peter also saw the cloth 
that had covered Jesus' head. Not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Well, first of all, when you think about this, the fact that the burial cloths were there refutes the, the robbery thesis. If they were grave robbers, they wouldn't have unwrapped the body before stealing it. Hmm. You know, remember when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, the burial cloths still wrapped around him right. when Lazarus came out. But here it's different with Jesus. Jesus isn't there, and he's not bound by the grave cloths or mm -hmm. the face cloth. So there was no need for anyone to unbind him. Remember when he raised Lazarus, he, he said, unbind him, you know, take the cloths off him. So this is radically different because Lazarus was resuscitated to a mortal life. Lazarus would die again. But Jesus' resurrection isn't a resuscitation of a corpse. Mm -hmm. It's God raising and transforming him to an immortal life, a glorified body. He would not die again. There would be no more death. When Peter arrived, of course, he, he saw the burial cloth. And notice this idea of seeing the cloth that had covered the head of Jesus, and it was rolled up in a separate place. This is another proof that it's not a robbery. The looters wouldn't take the trouble to neatly roll it up, you know? <laughs> right. Um, and of course, God is the agent of the resurrection. God acted. The Father raised Jesus. God removed the stone. God rolled up the headcloth. So then we continue reading. Then the other disciple also went in. That's John the one who arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. That's a pretty profound statement. What did he believe? He believed that God had acted. He began to have this faith that somehow Jesus triumphed over death. Hmm. He didn't, I don't think he understood fully yet, because Jesus, the risen Jesus had not yet appeared, but he believed. He believed Jesus was alive. Somehow, death was overcome. You know, I think perhaps he was still a little bit baffled, but the evangelist says he believed. He saw and believed. And then the gospel ends with these words. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. So he didn't fully understand. He believed, but he didn't yet fully understand. Hmm. When you think of, okay, well, what scripture are they referring to? Well, there's various scripture passages in the Old Testament that point to the resurrection of the dead. One I think that is most um, relevant would be Psalm 16 where the psalmist prays to God, you will not abandon my soul to shale, the place of death. So as time goes on then, uh, the Holy Spirit will lead the disciples to understand, mm -hmm. to grasp what they didn't yet fully understand, that uh, in the plan of God, foreshadowed by in scripture, Jesus had to rise from the dead.
All right. Well, this has been great. We had some great breakfast food and it's great to celebrate 100 episodes of Truth and Charity. Thank you so much for your dedication to this show and and being able to share with all of us listening throughout the diocese and throughout the, the world, really. There's people that stream from all over the country and, and all over the world. So thank you so much. Could we get your Episcopal blessing before we go? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. May all Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, Kyle. If you're a podcast listener, subscribe to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes wherever you get podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also find past episodes at RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop or in the free Redeemer Radio app.